0: Thank you for downloading the podcast, we believe the Word of God will richly bless you today, and let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Thank you, Pastor Rusty. Thank you, Pastor, Thank you, Pastor Leah. Is it on? <laughs> that wasn't part of
1: the demonstration. <laughs>
0: All right. We're going to have fun.
1: We're going to have a good time tonight as soon as
0: I get this... Buckled on. I'll just put it in my pocket. Wow. I didn't even have this many people at my graduation last (laughs) semester. Thank you all for coming out. Appreciate it. I'm really, really excited to share my testimony with you all. First of all, I'd just like to pray real quick and just honor the Lord, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you that your word brings light and life to us. And I thank you, Lord, that you use me and to the best I can to share my testimony with everyone here and to be a blessing and encouragement to others. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So, starting off, I just wanted to go a little bit in about the importance of responding in faith. How many of you know that it's important to have the Word of God in you and kind of flowing through you? So, to me... It's very, very important to be rooted and grounded in the Word. Amen. Because if you're not, it's really kind of like being Richard Simmons in a bar fight. <laughs> you're... You, I mean... You can't jump and jack your way out of that one. Amen. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> so, it's... you got to have the Word of God in you. Through. So... I remember one time, I, uh, I, I used to work graveyards at, at my job. I work at Mainland Medical Center. And it was this really, really odd shift to where I'd go in Friday night at 11, and I'd get off Saturday at 3 in the afternoon, and then I'd go back Saturday night at 11 and get off at 3 in the afternoon on Sunday. And I remember it was my second, I was working on my second graveyard shift. And I woke up. And the devil was just, he was trying to put some symptoms of sickness and disease on me, and that didn't sit well with me. I mean, I'm, I'm usually a pretty calm and laid-back person, but if you threaten my family or my safety, I mean, the Hulk's going to come out of the cage. Yeah. Start turning green and get purple pants, I don't know. Maybe it's the radiation I work with. Anywho, I was kind of having symptoms of, sinus infection and a sore throat and this is one o'clock in the morning or so that night there wasn't a whole lot going on and after a while i just got fed up with the devil i just got tired of him so what do i do i started cussing him out in tongues (laughs) i was just praying in tongues over my body over my life and speaking healing scriptures over my body consistently for maybe 30 minutes and those symptoms were gone amen So, I mean, the Word of God works. Plain and simple. I'm living proof of that. So, I kind of wanted to go over a little bit about the woman with the issue of blood and talk about what she did to receive her healing and how it applies today. And in Mark 5, I'm not going to read over that, but in Mark 5, I believe it's 25, she was in a big crowd of people... And she was pretty much fighting to get to Jesus because she heard about him and she knew she could get healed from him. So she's crawling through the crowd, and people are pretty much shoving her off, but she's consistent. She's fighting her way to Jesus because she knows. She said with her mouth, If I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And. What did she do? She went up, she touched his garment, and he was healed. And Jesus, Jesus, noticed, Jesus noticed the power flow out of him whenever she did it because she acted in faith. It's so important to act in faith because you can't please God without faith. Right. Faith without works is dead. Right. So, first of all, I like what she did. She spoke with her mouth. She believed in her heart. She acted on it, and she pursued it, and she got her healing. So a five-step process I like to kind of go over is you speak the Word of God first off because the power, life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's not the opposite. And you speak the Word of God over your life. You believe it. If you don't believe it, it doesn't mean anything to you. You've got to believe it. Your words have so much power. And when you back it up with the Word of God, God's going to act on you. So many... There are a lot of Christians out there, I think, that their terms of praying are more complaining about what's going wrong in their life, okay. to where if you would stop complaining and believe the Word and what it stands for, and not doubt in your heart, like Jesus said in Mark 11:23, you speak, and without, you speak, and you don't doubt in your heart, you'll have whatsoever you say. Okay. And so whenever you speak the Word of God, you cannot doubt in your heart. Because if you doubt in your heart, you're pretty much tying God's hand to where he can't bless you exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think of. So you've got to believe in your heart. That's the first thing. So, you speak the word of God, you believe it, you act on it, you thank the Lord for the results, and you receive it. Plain and simple. So, my parents had an interesting day on July 2nd, 1997. And it was definitely something that changed my life forever. And I remember my dad talking about it, and he said that whenever he was going up to the hospital, he said the Holy Ghost gave him a three-step plan. He said, speak nothing but faith-filled words over Cody and his body and over the situation. Secondly, he said not to let anyone speak doubt or unbelief over the situation and thirdly to stand on the word and believe for the desired end result. So to me, I sum those up, those three three basic principles that the Holy Ghost talked to my dad about. And first of all, what you do is you set the tone. You set the tone with the word of God. You speak it and you set the tone. That's first foremost what you do. Secondly, you have to be consistent. Because if you're not consistent and you waver, it's kind of like James 1.6 to where, let me find it real quick. <clears throat> but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You can't be going back and forth. you have to Amen. make up your mind and renew your mind with the word of God, like Romans 12, 1 and and2 says, "And stand on the word." So you have to be consistent. So very, very important. If you think about all the professional sports players today, they didn't get awesome overnight. You know They practice consistently day in and day out. Same thing applies whenever you're believing God for breakthrough in your situation. You do it consistently until you get the desired end result. Thirdly, execute. You don't give up whenever things are going bad. You walk by faith, not by sight. Because in my situation, starting off, things didn't really look too good. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't a likely chance that I was going to stick around for much longer. But my parents stuck with the word and they executed. They never gave up. They stood on the word of God, and they got word results. Whenever you set the tone with the word, you're consistent, and you never give up and you stand on the word, you're going to get the word results every time. So, on July 2nd, 1997, my cousin had a sailboat, and he took my mom and my sister and myself out on it that day. And my dad wanted to go, but he was working a seminar that day for work, so he was unable to go. I know he would have wanted to because he worked on tugboats whenever he was a teenager, so he was real familiar with boats and, and all that, but it was the four of us, and we went out to Clear Lake right off of NASA Road 1, kind of by Space Center Houston there on that boat dock, and we go out, and we all had our life jackets on, and we had a gentleman on a boat there with us who kind of helped guide us out about 50 feet or so from the docks, and we were going out into the lake, and myself, I was in the front of the boat, the bow. My mom was in the back, and my cousin was in the middle. He's putting the mast and the jib sail up. And my sister was also in the front with me. And we got out about 50 feet or so, and the boat kind of started keeling to the starboard side, to the right side on my side. And my cousin got my sister and handed her back to my mom. But whenever he turned around to get me, it was already too late. It, the boat, he couldn't get me. It was, it was blocking the way for him to get me, and the boat capsized, and I pretty much went down with the boat. So I knew how to swim. I had had swimming lessons earlier that year, and and I like to say I was a pro. But <laughs> what had happened was the ropes and the, rigging of the boat i got tangled up in it so as the boat was sinking it was taking me down with it and i was underwater for 7 to maybe 10 minutes and it just it wasn't a good situation my cousin was diving down to get me numerous times he had actually found me but he couldn't get me loose from the ropes in the rigging of the boat it was it was too difficult and then Finally, he was able to get me up. And just so happened there were some, some guys on their jet skis riding around the lake that day. And they came over and offered us help, and they took my sister back to the dock. <coughs> and right whenever that happened, my mom was just standing in faith right there in the water because whenever I didn't come up, they knew that something was going on. And she was just speaking in tongues and praying the will of God over my life that I was going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And soon enough, my cousin finally gets me back up to the surface. And the gentleman that helped us get out there in the first place saw that we needed some help. So he came over and offered his assistance again. And they finally got me up on the boat and did CPR. And I wound up throwing up chicken nuggets that I had earlier that day. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. Chicken nuggets are the real deal. (laughs) Just saying so, I might <laughs> like, go get some after church. Why not? So, <coughs> they wound up getting me back to the dock where they performed CPR, and life me to Memorial to Herman Hospital there in the Med Center. And the doctors gave me less than a one percent chance to live. They didn't expect me to make it through the night. They diagnosed me with. Irreversible brain damage, and my lungs were bleeding internally, and they didn't know how to stop it. So those were the facts. But the truth was, by his stripes, I'm healed. And so my parents stood on the word, day in and day out. I was in a drug-induced coma for nine and a half days, and that was not fun. (laughs) And then I was in Herman for two weeks, but day by day, just started to kind of get, get better and improve. And as my parents and the church we were going to at the time were praying the word over me, praying life over me, things continued to get better. And I just want to emphasize to you, it's so important, the church that you go to nowadays, it's important to be a part of a good word church, a good church that preaches faith, because motivational speaking can only get you so far. Amen. Yeah. I'm just saying, Amen. you have to have the word in your heart and in your mouth where you speak it over your life, and God acts on it. I like what Kenneth Copeland said one time. He said, your spiritual life is kind of like a bank account to where you put the word in compared to where you were putting your money into a bank account, and it grows, and you get investments, and it continues to grow. Same thing whenever you put the word in your heart to where whenever you go, you have to need some money, you have to go take out some money sometime. you're running low on money. Same situation. You put your word in your heart, and your heart feeds your mouth to where you speak it in faith over your life, and God acts on it. Amen. Because the word of God in your heart and your mouth is what's going to cause you to be an overcomer in life. Amen. So I was in a coma for nine and a half days, and I slowly continued to get better. And over two weeks, I was discharged from Herman Hospital. And I went to tear and where I was expected to be there for some time between six to eight weeks because I had to learn all of my basic motor function skills all over again. Because what had happened after having brain damage, you have to pretty much learn what you had when you were little. I mean, you have to learn it all over again. So that was supposed to take anywhere between six to eight weeks. And God helped me do it in two weeks. So in ten days, I was discharged from tear. And it's just by the grace of God and the will of God that I'm here today because my parents and my church and Pastor Rusty and so many people here that were going through that with us prayed the word, they stood in faith, and they believed for the desired end result that I would walk out of that hospital healed and whole from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Amen. So something very, very remarkable happened that day. Whenever whenever the boat capsized, I went in the water and I it was it was scary. I mean you're six years old and you're fighting for your life trying to get out. And it it was scary. And I remember I was under the boat, and it was really dark. The water there in Clear Lake is pretty murky. It's not like going to the Caribbean or Hawaii. I wish it was. <laughs> but I was under the boat, and after a while, you just you can't hold your breath any longer. And I blacked out. And death was just just like that. It was quick. And the thing is, it's so important to know this if you're a believer. If you're a believer, you don't have to be afraid of dying. That's right. There's, because what's, what's the worst going to happen? You're going to die and go to heaven? <sighs> Bomber. <laughs> so there's no, you don't need to have any fear of, of dying because you know what's waiting for you. And I don't remember. I don't remember coming up out of my body and looking down on my body like, oh, surprise, you know, like, oh, that's my body. You know, I don't remember any of that or, or going through space like they do on Stargate, you know, and they walk through that little portal. and, But I do remember everything just went black for a minute. And then all of a sudden, this big bright light just started. I was going towards it. I was drawn towards it. And this light had, it was somewhat of a goldish tint to it. And I remember I was going towards it and it's just the love and the peace just overwhelmed me. The best way I could describe it is it flows through you. It penetrates you and flows out of you. That's the best way I could describe it. But it's just so overwhelming and amazing. It's unlike anything I could describe that we have here on this earth. Just the love and the peace and the joy you experience there is just unreal. And I remember I was going towards this big bright light, and all of a sudden Jesus walks out of the light. And don't ask me how I knew it was him. I just did. It was just something on the inside of me. said, oh, I thought, hey, that's Jesus. You know, that's cool. And <laughs> And I'm... I'm going towards Jesus and I get up close to him and he bends down on a knee and he opens his arms and says, hello, Cody. And he gives me this big hug. And at that moment, peace and love, like nothing I've ever experienced before, just flowed through me. It was just incredible. And he stood up. I would say he's around... 5'11", six, six, So he's, he's kind of a tall dude. And, and he reached down. I'm looking up at him, and he reached down, and I took his hand. And all of a sudden, I'm walking through this big field of flowers. And this field of flowers is, isn't like anything here that we see out in the foyer It's, it was pretty awesome. I mean, there was all kinds of colors, blues, greens, yellows, colors I didn't even, I don't even know. I don't even know if they have them in a Crayola box. But I remember walking through this field of flowers, and we're, we're walking and talking, and off in the distance, there was this big, giant mountain range far as you could see from east to west. And it was kinda like a mixture of what you would see in Kauai with the the green, lush mountains there. And something kinda like in Switzerland with with the Alps or what you would see in New Zealand. It was kinda like kinda like a hybrid integrated mountain range. It was wild looking. But it was so cool. It was awesome. <laughs> and the scent there, okay, my favorite scent is kind of like magnolias and jasmine flowers. And the scent there, it, you can't put that in a scentsy or a candle. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's so unreal to try and put it into words. It's just so so amazing to where it's, it's just mind-blowing. So we're walking through this big field of flowers, and off in, the, off in the distance there's this mountain range. And and we get done talking, and I look up at his face, and he looks down at me, and he smiles. And just the peace of God was just, oh, it's unreal. I mean, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. It's... <laughs> It's just so hard to put into words. It's just, you, you really can't. You really can't. To where the peace and the love and the joy and the happiness you have there, it just beats everything. And the thing is, there, you don't have any worries. There's no cares. You don't care how your hair looks in the morning. Or, or you know, just, do I have my pants on straight? Or No, you don't have any cares or any worries there. It's just its amazing. And amazing is an understatement. So we're walking through this big field of flowers, and it's talking, and summarize the conversation, he says that my time on earth wasn't finished yet. I still had things to accomplish. And obviously by my track record, I've, I'm doing pretty good on that. He's, he's given me the strength and the will and the drive to pretty much accomplish everything that I've set my hand to. And it's just unreal, his blessings on my life. So he's, he's telling me that I, my time there isn't, isn't enough, and that I still have things to accomplish. And that through me, I'll be able to bless others and encourage others and give others hope to where they seem like they may not have any with whatever situation they're going through. Let me tell you something. God is so much bigger than your problem that you have. If you would set the tone with your words, be consistent, believe in the Word of God, speak it, act on it, and thank God for the results, He'll move heaven and earth to get to you. So, get done talking, and before I leave, He says, He says, that he's coming back soon, and to get ready. Now, this was over 15 and a half years ago, so my definition of soon and his definition of soon are kind of wow. off. But the thing is, there there's no time. Here there's time. We have to live in, in the realm of time. There there's no time. It felt like I could have been there maybe 20, 25 minutes, but the time there was well spent. And he was able to show me some things that, were just, that just blew my mind to where I can't even hardly put them into words. But he said to get ready because he's coming soon. Now, this day and age, it's not much longer till we're going to be raptured out of here to where sometimes there are just some days where I just, beam me up, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's so important to be rooted and grounded in the word. Continue and build your prayer life. Strengthen your word life. Don't just read and pray. Meditate on the word. Apply it to your life. When you do that, you're going to get results. So it's so important to be all in. All in for God. What does that mean? All in for God. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about winning all the time. I'm talking about your relationship with God, your family, and your friends. You need to be all in to please God. You can't just be half hot and half cold to where you live life every day with love and joy in your heart, serving others, showing others what it means to be Christ-like, to where you can be a blessing to others. And when people ask you, Hey, what do you have in your life that's making you so awesome? Opens the door for you to share God with them. So, in this day and age, we need to be all in. You need to pray like you never prayed before, get in the Word like you've never been before, and meditate on the Word like you never have before. So, the question you need to ask yourself is tonight, are you ready? Are you ready to be all in for God? because we don't have much time left here. So, I think we can be all in as a church. And when we do, we'll see God move on this island. Not just on this island, but in this state and in this nation and around the world. So, can you be all in for God?
1: I think we can. Did
0: you receive that? Pastor Rusty? Amen.
1: Hallelujah. My, 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 my. You know, these things happen for a reason. God wants us to know that heaven is real. And that there is a great benefit to serving the Lord. The world is so lost. And you know, I so thank God that, that God did this wonderful miracle for, for Cody and for, the, for his family, but he also did it for the church, for the body of Christ. He did it for all of us to give us hope, to help us to understand that we are a generation of people that need to be all in for God. I've said it for many years, and I, I found it to be true in my life. There was a time in which Jesus was my Savior, but He wasn't my Lord. And because He wasn't my Lord, I was easily directed in another direction. I easily fell away. I easily found other things that distracted me, things that, except for the grace and mercy of God, should have and would have cost me my life. But God's mercy, God's grace, the prayers of my parents and pastors and people that loved us caused God's mercy to manifest in my own life. And years ago when I came back to the Lord, I I told God, all in, that's it. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter what part of the planet, it doesn't matter What continent, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I will go where you tell me to go. I will say what you tell me to say. I will do what you tell me to do. And I'll be who you'll tell me to be. And I'll study your word. And I'll pray. And I'll meditate. And I'll do my best to live as holy and righteous as I possibly can. Because I want to be ready. I want to be ready. When those eastern skies break open. And that trump of the archangel sounds. I'm not going to wonder what that's all about. I'm not going to stand thinking, I wonder if... I'm going to make it. No, I'm going. I'm going to be gone. In the moment, the Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. And I want you to know, if you'll study the Word, it's not a guarantee for every person that just comes through a church door, but it's for a generation of those that will sell out to God in every area of their life and make a decision to go all in. What a wonderful testimony. I trust God is going to open many doors for Cody and for him to share this testimony and, you know, Cody, let me just say this. It doesn't need to expand. It doesn't need to be amplified. What you have is pure. What you have is right. And what you have is very acceptable by the people. And I want you to know it was a great blessing to hear that tonight. We thank God for the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord tonight? What a great encouragement. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. To come join us in one of our services Sunday morning 10:45. Tuesday prayer 7:30. Thursday evening, midweek service 7:30. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.